Alright everybody, good morning and welcome to 651 Sports Update. I am your host Mike Resendez and you are listening to WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. It is Saturday, April 13th and if it's Saturday, that means Eric Erickson is with me. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Mike. Happy to be here back in the WFNU studio. For those listening right now on WFNU 94.1 FM, thank you. And I'm excited to talk some high school sports and news this morning and visit with Frogtown's Mr. Final Four, Mike Resendez. <laughs> That's right. We have uh, high school sports to get to uh, as much as we can this week. Um, surprise, surprise, Eric, the weather has played a role for the third year in a row. Deja vu. I know. It's uh, the April snowstorm has struck again. I'm thinking that's going to be that should be like the new thing. The we always have that March tournament snowstorm, but the the April snowstorm is starting to become an, an, a thing now. The April spring sports wipeout it yeah. just kills the schedule. It does. Uh, hopefully, um, it doesn't wreak too much havoc next week. We're actually six five one sports dot com is actually calling a game next week. It's the Central Highland game uh, for softball at Highland. So the third year in a row we'll be doing that one. So hopefully. Uh, that will work. I tried what day of the week is that? That it will be Monday at 4 o'clock. This Monday? This Monday. It's going to be cold for sure, which I'm used to when I go out there. I thought if I scheduled that game, or they scheduled that game a little earlier this year, which was perfect for me because the last two years it had been rescheduled because of prom uh, for Highland. And so this year it was in April. I thought, perfect. It might be a little windy. It might be 50, 55-ish, I'm thinking. It might be mud. Right. And so now it's <laughs> it's uh, not looking good. <laughs> I mean, mud's that. hopeful. I, I don't know if we're going to melt this stuff that quickly. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. That's I a don't conundrum. Know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we got that snow. We got some dust from Texas, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Mm. So uh, we got that nice. Uh, Mix some brown in there. Yeah, that nice color. So uh, we'll get through this, though. We always do. We're Minnesotans. I just feel bad for the kids and the coaches, and uh, everybody's fired up, ready to get out there. And we were looking good for a little bit, and then boom. Right, yeah, it's uh, gross, what can you say? (laughs) All right, so we have things to get to. We have scores and stats. Uh, We have, uh, let me look at the the menu we have here. We have uh, Como Park News, which we always get to when you're in here. I can speak about that, yes. And then we will talk uh, about your bugle piece. Okay. And then after that, we will do our uh, teams of the month, which is what we get to every time you're here as well. And then uh, we'll talk about uh, my Final Four experience, which was uh, amazing. And I'm still still uh, you know in disbelief that uh, I was actually there. It was so cool, such a cool thing. And then, of course, we have our pro pick to finish off the show. 
We do, and we'll have a new pro pick that uh, you're going to lay out for me, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, hopefully hopefully this one will be tougher than the, the last couple I gave you. A it was a cupcake you gave me two balls. months ago. That was. Right. Yeah. I, I slammed it home, though, I think. I think you did, too. Okay. Yeah. We got we to gotta pick up some steam here. So, all right. So we're going to get started with our uh, results of this past week. We actually had a few outdoor games played before the snowstorm hit. So we will start with softball. On Monday, it was Park Center 11, Central 1. That was a six-inning game. Concordia Academy over St. Agnes, 10-5. On Tuesday, it was Harding 23, Johnson 6. Humboldt, I'm sorry, excuse me, Highland Park 15, Humboldt 1. It was Washington 15 over Minneapolis Roosevelt 9. This game was tied at 2 going into the bottom of the second inning. And that is when Washington exploded for nine runs and the win, Eric. That's awesome for Washington. Yeah. Huge to start your season with that positive win. That's right. Uh, St. Agnes, five. St. Anthony, four. Uh, Gemma Rossini went three for three with an RBI. She also pitched to seven innings, giving up four runs on four hits. Lily Hafner went one for four. Her one hit was a double that drove in a run. She also had a stolen base. Gemma Rossini, if people remember, they're going to hear her name quite a bit. She is their uh, pitching powerhouse over at St. Agnes. She's only a sophomore. Mm. So we have two more years of her, uh, I'll just say, dominance over there. Uh, two more years after this year. Yeah. So so three strong seasons for her. Right. And uh, St. Agnes is starting uh, hopefully what will be their third mm-hmm. uh, state appearance. Um, as well, um, but that is uh, er, it's early in the season, so we will we will definitely follow them and see what is going on. And we'll follow the St. Paul City, where Como is your defending city champion. Last season was a special one for them with a young team mm-hmm. and a young developing pitcher as well. It's Bailey Hoopenbecker. She's a junior now, and most everyone is back. So the Cougars are going to be in the mix again, trying to repeat. Central and Highland will be there too, and. As you mentioned, big game Monday right? between those two already, if it happens. If it happens. But those are likely to be close and dramatic games, just like last year, any of those matchups with Como, Highland, and Central. And then Harding was much stronger last year, too. Correct. So it's going to be an exciting season in the St. Paul City for softball. Right. So we will uh, definitely uh, watch all that. Um, in baseball on Monday, it was Liberty Classical Academy 5, uh, excuse me, 9, Harding 5. On Tuesday, it was St. Agnes 13, Washington 1. Dominic Lee scored the only run for Washington. Uh, for the Aggies, Isaac Schmidt went 3 for 5 with the run scored and 2 RBI. Uh, Conrad Tibisar got the win for the, uh, St. Agnes, going 5 innings, giving up only 2 hits. And Dylan Booge takes the loss for Washington, pitching 5 and 2 thirds innings. It was Central 16, St. Anthony Village 4. Central's Liam King set the bar high to start the season. Now, get this, Eric. This is what what he did. Okay. All right, so King went uh, three for four with five RBI, two runs scored, had a home run, stolen base, and by the way, he pitched five innings, giving up four runs on three hits and had eight strikeouts. Well, that's a game for the ages. (laughs) Yeah, so, and uh, I mean, like I said, what a way to start the season, right? St. Anthony's really good. This is an impressive victory. Excellent start for Central because St. Anthony is a traditional state power, so well done. Uh, as far as the baseball history, uh, Highland is our reigning city champ. Mm-hmm. And they'll be challenged by Central and Johnson and Como. 
Highland was 11 and 1 last year. Central was 9 and 3. Como and Johnson both 8 and 4. So that's sort of our top tier. Johnson has a great group of three sport athletes that form the core of their baseball team. They're football, hockey, baseball guys. And they really made a big leap last year to be in that mix, that top tier mix. And with um, ah, Central's, with Central and Liam King doing that sort of thing, I, I think that sends a strong message. It'll be uh, great battles at the top of the St. Paul City. Right, yeah, they're definitely going to be a, a team to watch. They, they've thrown down the gauntlet early. It's going to be interesting to see if we have to adapt the schedule to do the double headers again. Right, yeah. I know, was it two years ago it was that mess where it was snow in the beginning and then some rainstorms in the middle of the season that really wreaked havoc on the schedule and i remember um a lot of the uh, athletic directors were earning their money for sure uh, that year they were rescheduling games scheduling buses scheduling double headers umpires everything that was uh, the administration of the spring sports with the cancellations yeah it is a significant challenge our ad's do a great job of handling it all and they still smile when they're that's right yep exactly (laughs) and they'll they'll answer my emails which is uh, great too so all right and then uh over to badminton on tuesday uh it was harding six humboldt one highland park five central two johnson over como seven zero on wednesday it was johnson seven burnsville zero and then everything was canceled on thursday on Friday, it was Como Park 4, Burnsville 3, Edina 4, Central 3. Um, for badminton, they are in that lucky uh, situation where all of their matches and games are indoors in the gym, Eric. So they're uh, usually not affected by the usually. weather unless the school's day uh-huh. is canceled. Unless we get that dreaded all-after-school activities are canceled. <laughs> right. So many good teams in St. Paul, the best in the state for sure. The four semifinalists in the St. Paul City Tournament are usually the same four semifinalists in the state tournament. Johnson seems to have picked up right where they left off. They're the the defending state champs, and uh, they're still on top, a notch above Harding, Washington, Central, and Como. We'll see if they're still that full notch above Harding when they meet on Monday. And uh, both teams are undefeated going into that one, and that'll be a big, huge St. Paul City badminton match after school Monday. I know where you'll be if it happens at the softball, but I may very well get to Johnson Harding badminton. Yeah, and uh, we we talk about uh, badminton. I think we've talked about how great badminton is every year. This show is. I think we do talk about it every year. So I mean, it's just it's. I I don't know. And that's because we want more people to know about how great it is. Yeah, especially in St. Paul. I mean, just the dominance on the state level that the city has, Um, and it's always fun to watch watch a match um, in badminton. Um, Just the speed itself. Mm -hmm. We we'll talk about it till uh, we're blue in the face. So get out there and watch some of these uh, badminton matches. You will be amazed. All right, we're heading over to lacrosse very briefly because all the games were canceled for both the girls and the boys. The girls were supposed to have their first two games this week, um, but for obvious reasons, they have been postponed or canceled. Uh, the boys were scheduled to start next week anyway, but uh, the girls um, are scheduled their first game for next week as well. So uh, we will get to that um, as they start playing games. I'm trying to. I'm going to try really hard to get to a lacrosse game this year i have uh i've seen lacrosse professionally uh when st paul used to have a team or minnesota had the team um but i I gotta see it at the high school level i think for sure this year go bobcats 
That's right. Now, the Bobcats are the same name for the boys and the girls, just so our listeners know. If they get confused when I just keep saying Bobcats, it's for both. I'll do my best to try to bore you. Over to tennis. We've had some tennis matches this week. On Monday, it was Tartan over Washington, 6-1. to one. Hill Murray over Como Park, 4-3. to three. Humboldt over Brooklyn Center, 5-2. to two. North St. Paul over Johnson, 5-2. On Tuesday, it was Park Cottage Grove, 5. Highland Park, 2. De La Salle, 5. Washington, 2. And that is what I have for tennis. You heard a Harding result there. Defeated Tartan, 6-1. to one. Harding is going for their sixth St. Paul City title in a row. And if they do it, it'll be their first without Coach Kua Yang. He's not coaching at Harding this spring because he's running the athletic department at Como now. So he's my AD, and I know he's missing coaching, but he's a busy man overseeing those schedules Mm -hmm. at Como. Uh, More on Kua Yang later today, actually. As for Harding Tennis, they've been a dominant force in St. Paul and are now coached by Ricky Mua. All right, so we're going to keep an eye on on all things tennis as well. Tennis, uh, I've got to get out to a tennis match too. So there's a lot of sports that uh, I've got to get out and see this year. All right, over to uh, so boys and girls golf and boys and girls track and field um, as well. They were all canceled this week because of weather. Um, I would I would think that track and field would probably get underway before golf yes if the snow does not melt as quick as we think it's gonna a um, little harder to play golf in the snow and soggy conditions as well it's just that melt if it's if it's slow and elongated it's um, gonna leave a, a swampy course so yeah we need some hot windy days for it to dry out and get ready for the st paul city athletes to get out there in the meantime some hitting into nets in the field house or gym occasional trips to the golf dome over there on the east side at white bear and larpenter but it's tough to get any momentum going with the schedule i do have some context for your uh golf uh update here though regarding our history highland has won the last four st paul city titles on the boys side um on the girls repeat that statistic but it's uh, seven city titles for highland in a row so they are a machine in winning those St. Paul crowns. The uh, participation numbers for golf are relatively lower compared to a lot of our other sports, but it's another opportunity for our kids to try something new in many cases. It's a new activity uh, for some of them. They've, they've grown up with the game, and, and now they have fun competing um, at the varsity level. But it's so good for our kids. It's a challenge, but with practice, you do improve, and... They see that growth and gain confidence, and when you develop a new skill, that's always transferable to, to life. If you have the confidence, you can learn any new skill. Right. Especially if you can master that golf. W- wicked golf game. <laughs> I was going to say, when, when does the, uh, how many times do you have to play to get better at it? The, the, the golf thing is just, there's such a tease. You hit that one good <laughs> shot every round, and you, you see the potential. If every shot was like that, I'd be playing in the Masters this weekend. Right, yeah. Now the Masters, that, that, that had a little interesting situation with Tiger Woods yesterday with the security guard. Did you see that or hear about that? So no. Tiger Woods hits a shot, um, and he goes to try to you know locate the ball, but at the same time the gallery decides to take off and get their their standing spots. One of the security guards was trying to get a whole, ahead of the crowd, and he slipped and hits Tiger Woods in the back of the heel. 
So is he hurt? He was. Yeah, he finished his round. Uh, he limped. I guess he limped around for a little bit. So the the concern was with Tiger's knee, obviously. But it was uh, quite an interesting thing. It was all over Twitter yesterday for hmm. about three hours, and then they moved on to something. The else. poor security guard. Wrong place, wrong time. Right. Yeah. He probably should have had some cleats on himself. Uh, I have a question for you. Yes. Girls track. Yes. Any guesses as to who the defending city champion is for girls track, Mike? Uh, my guess would be Highland. That's a great guess. And I asked you that because I thought I could trick you. Central <laughs> won one last year for the first time in a long time. Before that, Highland, 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 Highland for many years. But Central won the girls' crown last year. Yeah, well, there you go. I get probably just so used to hearing the, uh, the dominance of Highland in track. Who won the boys' track title last year? That was Highland. Yeah, yeah. four years in a row for that. Yeah, so they, um, the city uh, between Central and, and Highland, those are usually the two teams uh, right around top. Como Park is always sniffing around there. Well, all of our schools have the ability to send kids to state. We right. usually get a few yeah. different kids from different schools in the state meet, and there's uh, a, a lot of pride in the city when we get to those levels. <laughs> you and I know but the kids do it too. They're always rooting for each other. And so when there's right. a Johnson kid who's in the 100 meter um, and the 200 meters, um, all the other St. Paul kids are watching that race and, and hoping for the best and cheering them on. So a lot of camaraderie in track. Right, yeah, and I know uh, Harding had a, a participant last year. I, I, I can't remember if it was the triple jump or the high jump, but uh, Washington had an athlete in the other um, event, either the triple jump or the high jump mm -hmm. or, uh Kathy Jackson, 80 from Harding, was mm -hmm. made sure that uh, she got the results and, and some video footage of Washington and Harding both out there last year. So it uh, speaks to what you just said about uh, the camaraderie um, of St. Paul at the track meet. And that's an actual uh, pretty cool event if you can get out to Hamlin for the state meet. Um, lots of people, huge crowds. It's a huge crowd. So very, uh, very fun. All right, over to robotics. Uh, the Automations, Highland Parks robotics team, they have qualified for the state robotics competition, and that will be held on May 18th at Williams Arena. Um, and uh, if you haven't been out to the U of M for a robotics event, um, I was out there a couple weeks ago for a tour uh, with our daughter, Eric, um, and they have two meets or two two events that were going on at the same time one at williams and one at uh i can't remember mariucci, the one, right? mariucci right across the street um and so there was a lot of a lot of robotics a lot of robots out on the sidewalks <laughs> uh that that day so uh that that's another event that uh there's a huge crowd usually for those events um and a lot of a lot of things going on well congratulations to highland on that and best of luck at state robotics tourney all right, over to Ultimate Frisbee. Nothing. No games yet. No games. No games yet for our teams from Central, Como, Owl. Does Highland have Ultimate? Highland does not have so Ultimate. So it's Central, Como, and Owl that we will focus on and highlight and hear results from. And, yeah, they're chomping at the bit. Yeah, so um, my prediction with Highland Ultimate will be in the next three to four years. Um, they, I think they just started to have classes uh, on ultimate so like a like an elective type gym class so you're, you're kidding no no so we're, <laughs> we're we're the the seeds are getting planted at highland park it's an so. elective fiad course in ultimate frisbee i believe there i i my our youngest who's a freshman there 
has mentioned Ultimate Frisbee and Highland in the same sentence. So it's not a, not a team yet, but I think we're, we're slowly getting there. So I wonder if FIAD class is incorporating a Frisbee unit. I, I'm, it just, could be. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around a, a full semester class. Yeah, that'd be pretty <laughs> sweet, though, I think. <laughs> All right, and then boys volleyball, they have gotten underway on Monday. We had uh, Central facing Roseville, and it was Roseville coming out on top three games to zero. And yesterday it was Johnson over Blaine three games to zero. Um, we had some uh, news from the high school league regarding boys uh, volleyball. Um, and last week, the high school... Yes, laying the groundwork for future certification. Right. And we had uh, we had two teams in the St. Paul City last year mm-hmm. um, that we followed. Um, there were more, you know, uh, some of the charter schools had some teams as well. This year, uh, the St. Paul Public Schools have five teams. Mm-hmm. So um, it's growing at a fast rate. So the uh, interest is, is there. Um, the, the thing with, uh, you know, club sports, it comes down to um, time and facilities um, and uh, funding, funding, coaches the are resources, doing a lot of the, title uh, nine. the resource finding. Uh, so, um, and uh, the volleyball league itself uh, is doing a great job with it. Like you said, the self promotion and everything. They, they actually teach all the players, um, officiating because they have to um you know just like in in girls volleyball during the year they're they're the line judges um Mm -hmm. so there's uh courses that they have to go through and i know for sure at central i'm not sure about como maybe you can speak to it i know the the girls volleyball volleyball team does a lot in helping the boys learning plays and where to stand and what to do in certain situations along with the coaches the como boys were so pumped for their game on thursday night (laughs) <laughs> it was, we were, the whole school, we were, there was a little buzz about the first ever game in the Como gym Thursday night against Rosemont coming into town. And then we get 10 inches of snow and that, that dreaded announcement, all after school activities canceled. So the one sport along with badminton that should not have weather issues is right. <laughs> wiped out because of weather issues. Yeah. So not good. Monday they're, uh, going to be able to play their first game now for Como. Awesome. All right, and then uh, just some items of notes from that uh, high school league meeting. Uh, some of the activity proposals for the high school league are in basketball in Class 4A, the section tournament format. Um, looks like the proposal for adding a shot clock was introduced in cross country. They're proposing adding a third class uh, boys hockey. They want to add two weeks and two games to the season. And for boys and girls soccer and boys and girls tennis, there is a third class proposal on the table. And for volleyball, there is a fourth class proposal. So those are things that the high school league will look at over the next few months. And as we get information on that, uh, we will pass that along to you. All right. So those are your scores and stats uh, for this past week. You were listening to 651 Sports Update on WFNULP 94.1 FM here in St. Paul. It's 1024. I am Mike Resendez. Eric Erickson is with me. It is now time of the show, Eric, where we do our team of the month. We each make a pick for a team that we feel um, that uh, we, well, we want to highlight uh, for the month. We each take a turn uh, doing a boys team and a girls team. And uh, I, 
I kind of lost track after last month. So I, th- I said, I, th- I think one, you had the boys, uh, you took the boys, I believe, right? The boys. No, last month I chose uh, Como Park girls basketball. Oh, okay. So there you go. So you had the girls team last, so you have the boys this month. And then I have uh, the girls team this month. So why don't you go ahead and tell us who your 651 sports update team of the month is. Okay, this month I'm choosing a team that I've got my eye on. And in the city conference, I think all the teams are looking at Johnson baseball and have a little fear or excitement for that matchup. Johnson baseball took a huge leap last year, went into the uh, last doubleheader of the season with a chance for a share of the title. Didn't get it, but they finished 8-4. and four. And they finished 15-7 and seven overall. Now they're a year older. And what I'm most impressed by and why I'm choosing them as my team of the month is that they are a bunch of multi-sport athletes at the heart of the team. They're a really talented, hardworking bunch of kids that have fun competing together no matter the season, no matter the sport. And that multi-dimensionalism makes them strong. So they are a team to watch, and my 651 Sports Update team. Well, now, you and I uh, don't discuss the schools that we're picking. No. But for my team of the month, I chose Johnson Badminton. Uh, so far. Solid. Right? So far, Johnson is 4-0 <laughs> in the conference and 5-0 five and, five and overall this season. Uh, Harding close behind them, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnson has won the conference. Now, I, I delved deep in some of these numbers, Eric. So Johnson has won the conference the last nine years and has won the conference outright or had a share of the title 24 times since 1978. That's 41 years for, uh, for everybody out there. Johnson has won the state title the past four years. This year the Gubbies have won the Dinah Invitational to start the year. They have wins over Burnsville, and, uh, and they are undefeated in the conference, as I stated above. Johnson will face Harding on Monday and will face tough opponents coming up in Edina, with, uh, yeah, Edina and, and Eden Prairie, both on Tuesday. And they are my 651 Sports team of the month. Johnson, bad. Tuesday's schedule, they play. So Tuesday they will face Eden Prairie and Edina in a triangular match. Are they hosting it? Um, that uh, you, would th- you would think I would have that yeah. information handy. Uh, they may be going out to the western suburbs, I'm not sure. So they have quite quite a schedule this week. They have that Harding match on Monday and then that triangular meet with two suburban teams on Tuesday. And I don't know what the rest of their week entails, but, yeah, they, they love to compete, and they are the best. And until someone proves otherwise, uh, yeah, they sit on top of the perch of state badminton. Yeah, that is will be in Eden Prairie. Out in Eden Prairie. Yeah, 345 on Tuesday. So, yeah, so they have Harding Monday, mm-hmm. Eden Prairie, Edina Tuesday, Washington on Wednesday, Humboldt on Thursday. Busy week. Full week for them. So those are our 651 Sports Teams of the Month. And now we will get into Como Park news. Okay. So why don't you tell us what is happening in the world of Como Park? Well, I'll start by telling you about the Como Midway Monitor that came out this week. Lots of great academic news that I was able to report on. Some of it directly involved my students. The story I told last month on the show about Washington, D.C. and our AP government class trip out there is featured now in the monitor. 
But also, three of my students have received fellowships from the League of Women Voters. And they're working on an issue advocacy project with some directors of the League of Women Voters. They're reaching out to elected officials, meeting with them to present their policy initiatives, and also organizing our voter registration drive at Como that we will do in May. So those students are Lexi Harris and Pania Vang and Theo Lucy. They received the fellowship through an application process that they pursued. And for that, I'm really proud of them for taking action and uh, teaming up with an organization like the League of Women Voters to raise political participation and bring attention to issues they are concerned about. And I also wrote about our Minnesota State History Day qualifiers. We have some groups who produced outstanding websites. Now, do you remember History Day projects, Mike? Um, I know of them. I, I didn't. Have your kids ever had to produce a History Day project? I believe one of them did it once or twice. Okay. Yeah. Traditional but. category is one of those uh, poster boards, trifold boards. Right. Okay. Yep. So it's still a category. It's still actually the most popular category, but. We steered our students towards using technology and creating a website, which is a whole other set of skills, I, I think fairly practical skills right, in yeah. the 21st These days, century. This day and age, yeah. <laughs> and there were some awesome ones. The, the students that uh, won for their um, websites on a variety of subjects included Li Zhang, Rose Say, Mai Si Her, Mai Chu Zhang, Noelia, Marine Liao, Shartu, and Wei Tu, and then also Lisa Seichao is going to State for History Day for her 10-minute documentary film Ooh. on the Hmong genocide. Oh, wow. So there are a couple of categories. We're really proud that our, our students have stepped up to embrace the technologically advanced ones, such, mm -hmm. as, such as documentary and websites. So that's May 4th at the University of Minnesota for History Day. Awesome. I have a lot of fresh news as well. Too fresh for the... Monthly monitor. Wow. It, uh, it's kind of like week. breaking Como Park <laughs> news here. Like, I like it. Our Academy of Finance program won a uh, National Excellence in Action Award. I'm going to repeat that one. National Excellence in Action Award. Those awards are focused on career technical education programs. And our Academy of Finance was recognized for an outstanding program, being the outstanding program in the nation for business management and administration. And our coordinator, Chris Somerville, uh, she's a tireless worker. She helps build relationships and business partnerships. She creates pathways for our students for jobs and careers in finance and business. She leads a great team of colleagues and teachers who work collaboratively to promote and expand the program. And collectively, they've earned this great honor. So Ms. Somerville was flown out to Washington, D.C. to accept the award this past week. So it was a huge deal for the program, and our school takes a lot of pride in the Academy of Finance, which is our, our uh, magnet program that is six years old and just keeps getting stronger and stronger with its content and curriculum and opportunities every year. So, yeah, that's some breaking news about the Academy of Finance National Award recognition they received. I'll, I'll get that in the next monthly, but you're, you heard it here first. Mike. All right. I like it. And also, one other piece of fresh news, we have an FFA program this year. That would be the uh, Future Farmers of America. I saw that post, and I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, uh, so go ahead and tell us It's a us new course. It. We have an agriculture course taught by Ms. Julie Kettling, and then she's formed the Future Farmers of America Club, 
and that's made up of students enrolled in the class and they do a little bit above and beyond after school and at different points uh, during the year there are opportunities such as the floriculture contest this past week floriculture you know farming flowers right so she brought a group of como ffa students to a floriculture contest their flowers are beautiful they were very adept at answering questions about their growing process and all of this and they qualified for the state floriculture meet so who knew i didn't <laughs> i do now and it's great that Ms. kettling is is taking these opportunities and our kids it's all about creating a spark and finding an interest. Perhaps it becomes a passion. Certainly it's a confidence booster. Perhaps it's a career opportunity. And there's something that clicks when you go to these things and you do something above and beyond the classroom. Mm-hmm. So congrats in the uh, Floriculture State Contest. That's awesome. So the, that's all in the monitor. And it's uh, been delivered this past week. It's also linked online. And... I'll write some information up um, about those breaking news items, but uh, one of the bugle, which will come out next, student-athletes. Como's 29 city letters. That's foreign soccer. She's currently the captain for the same for our two-time captain, I might add. Great Como fan award. In the bugle. So I have a story on her. Yet a little taste of, of how hard she has worked and They'll be interested to know what she's doing next. So congratulations, Gigi Gabrielli. All right, and some some people have it, and it sounds like she's got uh, she's got the skills uh, athletically and um, uh, you know outside of school as well, plus academically. So awesome work ethic. Yep, very strong work ethic. The other piece I have in the upcoming bugle is an interview with Kua Yang. He's our relatively new athletic director at Como. So we were fortunate to hire Kua in October this year, and he just completed administering his first winter sports season. Now he's managing all the challenges of the spring sports season, which we've alluded to and uh, lamented here this morning. The piece I have provides some background of Kua Yang as a Cougar, class of 1994 at Como. Wonderful athlete, wrestling and tennis, a couple state wrestling meets in there, and all-conference in tennis as well. And now, after many years teaching at Harding, he's back home at Como, doing a wonderful job of providing positive leadership, overseeing our athletics. So I used his words. It's an interview, and I think people will enjoy the information and ideas he shared about our athletic offerings and what goals he has for Como and our athletic programs and athletic department as a whole. So that interview will be found in a, another piece that will run alongside Gigi's Athena Award piece in the Park Bugle. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, I look forward to uh, getting that Park Bugle uh, in, in a week, right? Yep. Not this week, but next week. Correct. Next week. And when it's uh, produced online, I'll link it and we'll get it out there as well. And then paper copies at your doorsteps in the Como Park, San Anthony Park neighborhoods and neighborhood coffee shops, restaurants, uh, libraries, etc. as well. Awesome. So we look forward to seeing all of that. All right, it is 10.38. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add to the end of that at all? I want to talk about the Final Four, Mike. I got everything in that I think we should get in about Como News and Athletics. All right. 
I'll just pot this up just for a little bit here. It's uh, one shining moment, for those that don't know. It's the David Barrett and Luther Vandross version. This is off the uh, 30 Years of One Shining Moment album. I think there's like 12 different versions of this song on this album. This is the classic. Right. So those that don't know, they played this song at the end of the NCAA Final Four after the national championship game. When everything is all said and done, this is the song they play in the background of all the highlights uh, that they show from the tournament. Eric, I got to watch this from the floor. Did you have tears strolling down your face? It it wasn't quite that emotional, (laughs) but I did have perma-smile. Okay, the good. whole time, Solid. so yeah, so we'll. Uh, I can admit to that. It was. Uh, it was a little crazy to see everything. Um, I don't know uh, how surprised you'll be to, to hear this, but the basketball game itself is only like twenty to twenty-five percent of what happens mm-hmm. that weekend, and uh, I think that the best way to describe everything that I saw, it's like every. It's a production. It's a TV show, you know. It. The, when you get down to the bare minimum of it, um, you know, the basketball players are the actors. They're, of course, ad-libbing the entire time. So, But everything behind the scenes, everything you see on TV is well-scripted and laid out, and people know where to be. People know what they have to do. And uh, I, I, to me, the NCAA did a great job uh, behind the scenes. Talking to some of the media members, they would say that their experience at the Super Bowl was a lot better than uh, the final four, and I don't know. I wasn't at the Oh, you don't know. You can't I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, let's start with a little background. I sure. mean, for some people, they may not know why you were even there in the first place. So can you talk about how you ended up from this studio at WFNU doing 651 Sports Update to being provided a media credential to cover the Final Four. <laughs> so it was a cup. I think it was in February. Um, Aaron Price, who is another programmer on our station, uh, he hosts um, the Elephant in the Room on Thursdays at 5:45. Give him a plug for there. Um, sent me a message. He was uh, sending in his application, um, and he asked if I had wanted to get uh, an application submitted on my behalf from him, uh, just because of the the sports connection. Um, and I jumped on the opportunity, uh, not expecting to really get a credential because uh, they don't always provide credentials just because you ask for one, uh, especially at these big events like the, the, the Super Bowl. You, um, I did look online for that and with the NFL. You actually have to provide the name of the show that talks about the NFL or the, a football team Okay, uh, so for it's them little, to double-check. Sure. So it's kind of exclusive uh, for that. So that... I had no chance at so I, I didn't know if they were going to let some small community radio station come in and be a part of, of the show, um, so to speak. Uh, but Aaron and I both got in, so we both got credentials. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of, uh, now what? <laughs> you know, what, what kind of angles can we, can we get? And you and I talked uh, when I told you that I had gotten the application submitted. I didn't know I was going in yet. We talked about different things we could cover mm-hmm. or that I could cover and, you know, how to, how to kind of turn things into that would make it relevant to this show and, and our station here. Um, and I think I did a pretty good job of that. 
uh, going into it. I'm not sure. I, I wrote, so I ended up writing five stories on the wow. website. Um, and uh, one of them, so on uh, it day three or day two, Friday, it was that Friday, um, how it happened was all the, all the practices were open that day. Um, and they opened the stadium for all the fans. But be- before every team went out to their practices, they opened the locker rooms. And they, they had opened the locker rooms the day before, but that was open. All the players were in there. Um, so the media scrums were crazy on that Thursday. That was uh, uh, a little intimidating, I'll admit. So walking into a, a locker room with 75 other media members from national media to you know, uh, like the Virginia locker room had, I think they had 40 local reporters, newspaper and television, uh, from Virginia, you know, just in that locker room, not to mention the national websites and national TV and radio that Mm -hmm. were in there as well. Um, so that was kind of, kind of crazy. Um, I took some pictures and posted them on Facebook. Uh, if you wanted to see that, uh, that jungle in there. And then they, the next day, they took uh, two to three to four players, the elite players, the starters, and moved them over to breakout rooms. Mm-hmm. So they had more of an intimate setting. Each one had their own room. And uh, then the media was just able to go in and decide who they wanted to talk to. Well, that left all the freshmen and yeah. sophomores and the juniors that don't get much playing time in the locker rooms by themselves. And the media members like me, who didn't want to deal with trying to fight Westwood won for an interview with one of the elite players that left me the chance to talk to right some of the other players so that day I decided to go and talk to just the freshmen that day and uh, we, we talked about um, the transition from high school to uh, college and unbeknownst to me a couple of these guys that I talked to uh, from the teams because I don't follow these teams you know as closely as some of the other media members do um, were from out of country. Mm. So their experience outside in their home country is a lot different than what the traditional road to college basketball is here. So Josh Mbala from Texas Tech, he was born in Detroit but raised in Bordeaux, France. So his transition from what I would, you know, high school, he did end up going to high school here in Connecticut, but to get there he was on the French national U-17 squad the year before. So that is where he got a lot of international play and experience, and that's how um, Coach Beard found him uh, there was, you know, searching international players, and there he was. I read that piece. I did find that story. I came across it. It was uh, called Transitions, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was excellent. And I think it was tying into kind of what we do here. We're looking at kids who are doing their best, and then we're always celebrating them when they get their opportunity to play at the next level and study at the next level. And we often forget when we're talking about them that that's a really challenging transition for a a student to go into a new academic environment, to a new athletic arena, uh, to to move across state lines, or in the case of that kid you're talking to, across international lines. And I think you did a good job of, of bringing out some of the elements of these are kids on this huge stage, they're human beings that are going through a, a big range of emotions. We're here at this peak moment of their lives that they're, you know, 
Gaga for and having a blast with being a part of this spectacle. But, but yeah, these kids are going through uh, some challenging um, experiences yeah. in, the, in their freshman year in, in their um, overall lives, let alone, the, let alone the basketball. Right, yeah. And uh, the player I talked to from Michigan State, he, uh, Fulton Lawyer, I believe is his name, um, he is, uh, you know, went, did the traditional route, went to high school, got uh, recruited by Izzo. Um, but he, I remember he talked uh, about his high school coach um, and how great, grateful he was for, for his coach and his experience in high school. Um, and then uh, Cody Stratman from Virginia, who I talked to, uh, is from Australia. So in their high, school, their high school level there, they call college. So that was um, a little confusing at first when I asked him about high school. He knew the... the he knows our yeah, lingo, he knows, our terminology. Yeah. So I wasn't... When he first said, oh, yeah, when I was at college... You know, I took me a little, a little minute there to realize he was talking about high school and that traditional college that we consider here. Um, so that was a uh, uh, pretty cool to do. Now, the uh, when they open up these uh, uh, locker rooms, the NCAA will send in uh, one or two people with recorders themselves, and they record questions and responses from media members and players, um, and. When I was talking to Josh Mbala from Texas Tech, little did I know that the NCAA rep was with me um, recording. I just thought he was just another person trying to get mm-hmm. some sound. And it turns out, um, if so after every, every press conference, every interview session, after everything a player or a coach says, the NCAA will put out um, quote forms, quote sheets, basically, for people to write stories that weren't able to get to these sessions. And my my question and his response was the top uh, quote on that Texas Tech quote sheet. That what had. a great question! So I was, and I a great felt, answer. Felt a little special on that one. So they felt that that was important enough for other people to want to see that. So excellent. Yeah. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. Now, besides that, which is a great highlight um, pertaining particularly to your job and what you were doing there. And besides being on the floor for one shining moment, the tearjerker, the emotional, <laughs> um, what was a really other fun, random moment or highlight for you personally? Um, I, I think seeing the national media for me was pretty cool. Uh, the first day, so I got there pretty early every day to the workroom, uh, just probably out of pure excitement more than anything else. Uh, Jim Gray uh, was in that workroom the first day, just hanging out and doing his thing. And Andy Katz from CBS Sports, uh, they were both in there um, just okay. kind of doing their thing. So it's kind of kind of cool to see how they kind of prepare for stories and what they do. I'm not sure if uh, everybody so would know both of them, but Jim Gray is. Jim Gray, Jim Gray I know. He's the yeah, he's, he's sort of a veteran. Westwood one now, yeah. He's, his infamous uh, interview was with Pete Rose a few years back at the World Series. Badgering him. And yeah. Got so, Pete Rose to yell at him? Right. Okay. Yep. And so um, he does the uh, Westwood One pregame show on Monday Night Football. He talks to Tom Brady uh, before every show or before every game. Um, so he's been around for a while. Andy Katz does a lot of the CBS uh, college basketball, um, kind of on the same lines as Seth Davis for CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, but you're in the same room with these guys. They're working, you're working, and that's yep. just sort of a fun, right, yeah, surreal it's, moment. It's a room of about 200 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have team media members. You have, you know, like I said, uh, media members from the 
TV stations and the newspapers from these four cities that are in there. You have a lot of the local guys from the Pioneer Press and the Star Tribune, um, you know, and, and like some local celebrities that you see all the time on TV. Carol Evan was there. CCO was there. Uh, Channel 5 was there. I mean, they were all there. So it was that was pretty pretty wild to see. It was kind of like I, I found myself staring that first couple of days at a lot of these people going, oh, I know that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so. so you developed uh, an appreciation for the magnitude of the event. I mean, be, beyond right. just watching it and tuning in when it's game time, you said most of all the assigned seat that was for Mike Rosenda's WFNU. Yeah, uh, right where I much told everybody, don't sit in that chair. Okay, so, so it's an area, and yeah. then you stake out your seat there. Right, Okay, yeah. I got it. So, yeah. um, And so then afterwards, uh, if you can make it down to the court right after the, the buzzer, um, then they kind of put you in a holding area, and then you kind of wait. And as soon as the losing team gets escorted off the court and CBS does their interviews, as soon as they go to commercial break, they let everybody who does not have a camera onto the court and you can interview players. You just have to tell the, the team official or someone from the NCAA who you want to interview, but they will bring them to you at the three point line. Hmm. And you got about 20 seconds to interview them because as soon as they have multiple members of the media that want to talk to them. And as soon as they come back from commercial, they rush the media members off the court and they bring out the trophy presentation and they do all that and they do one shining moment, and they do everything. So I ran. I, I knew I wasn't going to get on the court in time to do any of the interviews. So I was just residing to the fact I'm just going to go down to the workroom as soon as the game's over, finish up the story that I, I was the last story I was writing, um, and then I'll head out and kind of just see what's going out on the court. So I got out to the court just before one shining moment started. So those rules are if you have a camera, you have to be in – Kind of, they kind of hold you off the court. As soon as one shining moment's over, it's game on. Everybody gets let free, and it's pretty much everything's done at that point. Camera's okay. Camera's anything, okay. okay. Just it's, anybody, it's a rush anywhere. to the court. I mean, yeah. media members are running hmm. to get <laughs> to the court. And here I am. I'm up there, and I can't believe that, you know, there's Jim Nance and, uh, you know, uh, Grant Hill mm-hmm. from the Who TV. Who just called the game. Just called the game. They're, they're getting their stuff, you know, packed up and ready to go. And there's Westwood with Kevin Kugler and John Thompson from the radio call. They're right there, you know. And then you got, you know, Tracy Wolfson, who was doing the sideline reporting. She's out there. The team is still out there doing their media scrums. Uh, the band is taking pictures on the podium. The cheerleaders are taking pictures on the podium. There's confetti everywhere. And here I am, just some random guy from a small community radio station recording everything that I can, you know, talking about how cool this whole thing was. So, Kid in a candy store. Oh, yeah, it was it was amazing, you know. And at that point, it was pretty much, you know, don't steal anything and do what you want to do. <laughs> so, what uh, a great experience. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I figured at that point I was, it was pretty much okay to do, you know, any kind of recording that you needed to do. Um, the, the the hard fast rule they had a couple hard fast rules one of them was uh, no live streaming mm-hmm. um, sure. and uh, no no posting of your credential during the that weekend so mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, it was it was quite surreal it was a lot of fun well so, I think the lesson for listeners out there is go for it right uh, seek opportunities when you have an opportunity to apply for something you never know what's going to happen what it might lead to and uh, you had one of the most fun uh, professional experiences of your lifetime um, just by 
filling out an online application and it all fell into place. Yeah, it was so cool. I just, I it, I probably will never cover another event of that magnitude, and and I'm fine with that because that was that was awesome. Now I did get uh, just really quickly before we get to our pro pick um, on YouTube. If you go to, to uh, search Mike Res Radio, I did get to FanFest the day the morning of the game, mm-hmm. and I did interview uh, fans from each team, couple uh, I think two each. So um, they got their their words and their their predictions of scores um, and what they what they felt about uh, the games. Especially the Virginia fans were cool to talk to because of how the the way that Virginia Auburn game ended, which was you know another story altogether that we can talk about at a later time. All right, it is ten fifty six. We have about four minutes left, and it is now time for the six five one sports update pro pick. Eric, you had last month's. Why don't you recap and break that down, and then we will get into the pro pick that I have selected. I would be happy to revisit last, <laughs> last month's pro pick. A month ago, Minnesota United was 2-0, and having won their first two games of the season. I asked you how many points they'd earn in their next four games. Maximum points would have been 12 if they had won all four games because three points for a win, one point for a tie. I set the over on your line at six and a half points. You took the over. Mm-hmm. They then proceeded to lose their next two games, accumulating zero points, making it really impossible, put me in a impossible to get over six and a half. <laughs> so I hope that makes sense, listeners. If it doesn't, bottom line is Mike lost again. <laughs> he was overconfident in our Minnesota United loons. Ugh. His pro pick record is now 12 and 18. Just while, disgusting. While my pro pick record is 18 and 12. Are we sure? Are we, I think we should go back and recount that, but oh, not good. Not good, Eric. All right. So it's uh, my turn to pick. Uh, twins related, of course, because it's uh, uh, time for that, that season. Um, okay, so here we go. I, I like to throw numbers at you to try to confuse you. I don't know if it's ever worked, but uh, we're going to do that again this month okay i'm ready okay through 10 games so far mm-hmm. the twins have hit 14 home runs mm-hmm. they play 27 games between now and may 13th this is my pro pick okay is la tortuga the best nickname in sports right now no i'm just kidding what <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pro pick is is what will be the number of home runs the twins will hit between today and may 13th which is 27 games, you're telling 27 me. 27 games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set the over-under at 38 home runs. Well, based on that formula, uh, 10 games, 14 home runs is like 1.4. And then uh, <laughs> 27, 38 is like pretty close. So you're kind of just stringing me along here with about the same... And they're six and four. Uh, I don't think the Twins have too many power hitters generally, and I think this seems like a fairly straightforward number. If they're six and four and they only have fourteen home runs, I don't think they're going to continue to be above five hundred. I don't think they're going to continue to hit home runs at a pace that allows them to achieve a record like that. I'll take the under. All right, so you have the under thirty-eight home runs. All right, well. That pretty much wraps up our show for today. Eric, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk about our St. Paul kids and the Final Four today with you.
All right, so this has been 651 Sports Update on WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. I am Mike Resendez. Eric Erickson was with me this morning. Please have a great weekend, stay warm, and we will catch you on the next show.